Hello and welcome to My Life, My Journey podcast, the show that talks about mental health issues and the battles that I faced. People say that men need to speak up and so here I am and with this podcast to do just that along with all of the amazing guests that I have on this show. Stay tuned. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at My Life, My Journey podcast. Let's go. This podcast isn't to be used to act as a substitute for mental health counselling and I am not a therapist in any way, shape or form. I'm just here giving you ways in which I dealt with my mental health. Hello everybody and welcome to My Life, My Journey podcast, the podcast that talks about mental health and everything in between and all of the problems that we all deal with on a day-to-day basis as human beings. On today's episode, we've got a very, very, very special guest. <laughs> it's my half-sister, Chantel. Hey, Chantel. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. a nice introduction. I love that. Well, you know, you're my sister, so I've got to, I've got to, I've got to be nice. <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love your laugh, by the way. See, we ain't seen each other since when? Grandpa's funeral? Yeah, literally. I've got the worst laugh ever. I laugh like I'm from, like, you know, White Chicks, the movie. <laughs> That's how I laugh. <laughs> and I can never unhear it when I have a laughing fit. I, like, snap back to reality because I can hear myself. Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> I'm literally. just I'm picturing you now, just watching the White Chicks movie in the in the back of the car when they're singing, Make them away, downtown. Yes! <laughs> oh, I loved that bit. White Chicks is such a good film. It's brilliant. I, I, I love, love the, it. Um, who's that? What's, the, what's his name? Um, oh, what's his name? Which oh, one? He does... He's the big the muscle. The main guy. guy. Yeah, I can't think what his name is. Oh, he's on American's Got Talent. I know his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Why don't I know this guy's name? I can't think it either. He starts breakdancing in the nightclub with a whistle. Yeah, and the glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the longest yard as well, you know. They call him, he gets all the McDonald's, doesn't he? Brings all the McDonald's into Adam Sandler and everyone. In long- Have you ever watched that film? No, longest I've never yard. seen it. Oh, mate, go watch it. Ash, Ash I need boy. to watch it. Yeah, ask your boy about that. It's basically, oh, there's an English version of it with Jason Statham. I forget what the English version's called now. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, they, they have a football match against the prisoners, uh, against the prison guards. Yeah. And it's got him out of 8 Mile as well, the the, the big guy that uh, saves everybody's oh, lives. Oh, I love him, that film. Yeah, great film, great film. <sighs> I love that film. Well, at least this was an exciting start to the show anyway, because normally it's quite... <laughs> It's quite sad. <laughs> I feel like I'm quite positive. I'm like, I've, I've just try and find the fun in everything. <laughs> yep, honestly, we welcome that. Honestly, we're 100% welcome. You know what else is amazing, Chantal? Go on. You're the first female to be on the show. So, oh, I love that. So I Girl think power. This, is, this deserves this really, doesn't it? Go on. Yes, that's it. Give us a round of applause. <laughs> I love that. Oh, you're still going. <laughs> encore. Encore. I was about to say the same thing. Encore. Encore. That's it. Well, it's fully deserved. And uh, you're my sister as well. Would you like to tell everybody who you are, where you, or what you do? 
what it is okay. you do because I know that you've won some prestigious awards and you've been invited to some places as well. <laughs> but they so, don't know that. And if you spread a bit of positivity like that, hopefully people listening may get inspired by that as well, especially if there's any younger audiences. Uh, I'm a bit so. of a rambler though. So it's like my mind is all muddled. So it's hard to even think of it and remember <laughs> everything I've been doing. <laughs> So what do I do? Honestly, so you went to primary school. You went made to a prim- I was born in May the seventh. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. <laughs> there might be someone listening right now. Take your credential. That could be a password. Quick. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. That is so so, so true. Yeah. As my sis, as your big brother, I want you to uh, just steer away from that kind of thing. Okay, got you. <laughs> So, I am a hairdresser. Um, I'm a senior art director at a salon called Seckington's in Northampton. Um, I've been hairdressing for literally ever. So, I'm 28 now, and I started working in a hairdresser when I was 14, which probably wasn't even legal, but, you know, (laughs) a little bit of pocket money. And then I started working for Tony and Guy and qualified with them and did London Fashion Week backstage doing models hair and did photo shoots, doing the models hair. I like to be backstage, like behind the scenes, not the full face. Do you know what I mean? Like hide behind the scenes and do everyone's hair. Um, And then I started working for Seconds a few years ago and our salon has got through to the finals of the British Hairdressing Awards as well, which is super good. So I'm going to that on the 3rd of July. So, yeah, I've done all this. <laughs> <can't> resist, mate. <laughs> you deserve that because you went to the championship. so good. I love it. Um, but we've got a British hairdressing award, but I feel like I might be hungover because I'm seeing the 1975 on the 2nd of July. So, guess what? Are you going? You're not. I've seen them already in January this year at the O2, They're mate. So good, aren't they? Oh, mate, fabulous! They're my favourite band. Didn't you know I that? I love them. No, I didn't know that. Oh, oh Caroline! <laughs> Apparently, that song's about Caroline Flack, but you didn't know that little. No, I you. didn't know that. Are you serious? No, and guess who come out on stage when who? I was there? Who? Taylor Swift. Oh, oh, do you like Taylor Swift? She is good. I'll be honest with you, Chantel. I was a bit upset that she come out. I'm like, why? I didn't pay for her. Why is she coming out <laughs> on stage? And then it clicked in my head. And I'm thinking, yo, this is a secret person because she yeah. wasn't supposed to come on. And then the very next day, my mates were all saying, Jam, I didn't know. it was all. It's all over Radio 1. She was a secret act and she'd just come out. And I was like, oh, mate, I'm well lucky, bro. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they went out of each other for a bit, didn't they? Apparently, Well, that was the rumor on the internet. Yeah, it was about a month. But she lives in Primrose. She's got a place in Primrose up in London. Seriously? I love yeah, Primrose. Yeah, yeah. See, we're back in London because my birthday is the 10th of July. We're back in London on the 15th of July. Yeah, nice. we love me, me and the missus love London. So we're going there uh, 15th of July. And we're Lovely. also going back in October to yeah. see Ricky Gervais, Armageddon. I love Netflix Ricky show. Gervais. Yeah, his new one. He's added extra dates. So we're going down to Wembley to watch that. But... 18th of August, where am I going to be? I'll give, no I'll idea. Wembley watching The Weekend. Come on, baby. <laughs> the Weekend is really good as well. Mate, amazing, amazing. Um, but it's the Dawn FM, and I love that album because it reminds me. Do you remember years ago when we used to play 
zombies? No. <laughs> you don't remember playing zombies on Call no. of Duty? Oh, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, and it was that 80s retro sort of sound, and that's what Dawn FM sounds like, which you is the weekend's shoot their feet. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> you remember, shooting some feet. <laughs> that is the biggest memory I have. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> that would be so good, though. Oh, mate, yeah. So I can't wait for that. Um, I've not even bought the tickets. A, a friend of mine bought the tickets, and I says to him, "How much do I owe you for these tickets?" He says, "Well, they're going for like three hundred pound now." Oh I was like, God. "Okay, how much do I owe you?" He says, "Ah, just just sort the travel out, Jermaine." I'm like, "Okay, no way, that's oh, so cool." Yeah, such a nice guy. So now I'm I'm well happy about. I'm really you know I can't, that is a good friend to have. Yeah, he's a, he's a great lad. He's a he's a bit of a muscle man. He lo- he loves he loves his weight training and stuff. Oh. But he's just a sweet, sweet guy. Bless him. He sounds like a legend. He's a proper legend, mate. Legend. <laughs> I would shout his name out on here, but uh, people might go tap him up for some more tickets. <laughs> <laughs> his Instagram will be booming. <laughs> to be fair, I think after this, you might have a, a few uh, a few people coming into the hairdressers. <laughs> <laughs> Skin fades and balayages. Hey, you leave the skin fades to me. I'm skin fade king. I love a skin fade. Yeah. I've, I've been mm. doing my hair for 15 years. No, you haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been skin fading my hair for 15 years. How are you years. doing the back? Easy. I, 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 so, on my wardrobe, I've got big doors. Because we've got big fitted wardrobes in here. You've got the big mirrors on the wardrobe doors. Yeah. And I face my back to the big wardrobe mirror. And in my yeah. left hand, I hold a little tiny mirror. Oh my gosh. So I can see the back. So I'll get my wall detailers. Gee. Well, no, in fact, in fact, I actually get my bolding clippers, my wall bolding clippers, five oh times zero. So full bold up to the line. Then I get out my normal clippers and put it on a open. Yeah. Is it open, is it open yeah. or closed? When it's, open. it's open guard. No, closed guard. Closed guard. And then I go up about a finger's width, if you like. Yeah. Make up, make another line. And then yeah, I, then I close it. it off or open it up. And then I go up another line. And then I just do the little ice cream scoop. <laughs> and that's it. The lines are gone, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd love it if you could film a video of you doing it and then post it. I'd love to. But you know what? Since mm. lockdown, everybody has been doing the video. And I'm like, bitch, I've been doing that for 15 years, they're mate. Ste- they're stealing your slacks. You know what I mean? But what it was, when I was um, working for DPD, I found this love for barbering. Because I always go down to the barbershop and and I always said, can I have a a nice skin fade, whether it's a low fade, high fade, taper fade, whichever. And I just got speaking to him and I've known him for years, this bloke, Michael his name is. Oh, yeah. I asked him, I says, on Saturdays, can I come in voluntarily and, and just just learn? Oh. So I did six months of learning and understanding what the clippers do. Don't ask me to do scissor work because I ain't got a clue and I don't want to touch scissors. So I, <laughs> I did, might sound racist, but I prefer black hair because I can I can fade it like yeah. yeah. I can, yeah. I can, you know I can do patterns. I've got a cutthroat razor to do patterns with. That's I can well do all cool. that. Yeah. So and then not about two years ago I was. 
I was working at one of the little shops up here as well. Fades, it's called. Uh, oh, yeah. Fades, not Fades. What's it called now? I forget what it's called now. Shops or something. I can't remember now. Either way, my cousin Gordon decked him out with all the um, salon, salon equipment because my yeah. cousin used to work at Salon Equipment Centre. Yeah. And he sold him all the stuff for this uh, barbershop. And I says to him, look, I'll come and I'll do some hair for you. Mate, honestly, I'm not even joking, right? I was brand new on that first day doing it from, obviously I've been doing it myself for years. Yeah. I had a queue. People no looking way. at on my life. Every, all the original guys are there, all empty chairs and all the mums and dads are like, ah, no, I want to go to him, please. <laughs> oh my God. But the most embarrassing one was I took my son to a little barbershop the other day. You know, one of them little head to head things, them little cheap pop up ones. Like yeah. Fiber. And I says, you know what? Because my, my son was a bit scared. He says, Dad, can you get it as well? I went, oh, all right. And I'll sit down and have an haircut as well. So I'm sat there and he's looking good in that. You know what I mean? He looked really handsome with his haircut. And, and the bloke's doing me. And I'm like, mate, I need it shaped up, please. And I've shown him a picture because he didn't understand what, what shaping up was. And I went, yeah, it's a straight line, straight at the side, straight at the sides. It, it literally shapes it up and finishes off the cut a little bit like a garden lawn. You want to do the edges. I said, that's what you're doing with my hair, right? So I don't want no little fraily pubic bits on my face. I want it to look sharp. <laughs> he, honestly, right, Shannon? Showing him this picture and he says, no, that's fake. That's, that's, that's Photoshop. And I went, what? Oh, no. Straight up. But honestly, right, there was a queue of people sat in there. And I, 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 you know what, Jacob? I'm sorry for what, I, what I'm about to say. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I picked up the detailers and done my own hair in the barbershop in front no. of all these other people. Can you imagine? Oh my god! So, so imagine one of your clients sat down. You're doing their hair, and they stand up and say, "Nah, blood, you ain't got this. I'm gonna do my own hair." I would die. I'd be like, "Oh my god, my soul would leave my body." I, I felt bad doing it. I felt bad doing it, but at the same time, I thought, no, I paid for a haircut. I want it shaping up. Don't tell yeah. me it's fine. And then I literally got the detailers off him. Well, I think he had Andy's. Oh, you know, yeah. the silver ones, yeah. Yeah. And I shaped up myself and down the side, and he looked at me and said, like that. How did you do that? No I, way. I just went, boy, I've got skit comes to hair, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's natural. It comes natural to me. What I can said, I say? Yeah. Well, nothing's in natural. my blood. <laughs> But yeah, my son just wanted to wanted the floor to eat him up whole. He's like, Dad, I can't believe you did oh. that. And I'm like, look, son, I'm so sorry. I says, but if I pay somebody to do a job, I expect them to do the job. Yeah, yeah. you've asked for something, just do it. You know what I mean? If you're not confident on doing it, just tell the client straight out, look, I, I ain't comfortable doing that. No worries, yeah. sir. Just do my son then. And when I get home, I'll just fade myself up. Because I do it every, literally twice a week, I'm fading myself. Twice a week. Yeah. I might have to do a video now, send it <laughs> Oh, my God, please. I actually want to see it. I'd love to see it. It's mad, you know. Because <laughs> the, the thing is, on the internet, what they don't do, yeah. I have no accessories. So there is no hairband to make the straight line. There is no... Is that, cause is that what they use, hairband? They, they use, like, a hairband to make a line, or they use uh, talcum powder to make the line. That's clever. I've never thought to do that before. Yeah, talcum powder's the one. Um, what you do is you dip your detailers into the talcum powder and then line up. Line up with a talcum powder because it leaves a line. No way. So, yeah, if you're if you're doing dark hair or if you're doing blonde hair, use a black comb, and if you're doing yeah. dark hair, use a white comb. So it's the that same makes thing. Sense. Yeah, so it's the same thing. So obviously you're always putting a little bit of that in there. So like yeah. when I shape up my beard, I always make sure that it's all shaped up using the detailer. 
and then I cut throat it to make it extra sharp, crispy. Yeah, welcome. that sounds good. Welcome everybody to the Barbershop Podcast. <laughs> oh my god, it is a bar- it is basically. Oh, we should do that. I don't know if people would listen though, would they? Or would they? I don't know, mate. Barbershop talk. You know what I mean? It's always funny, isn't oh it? Oh my god. You ever watched Barbershop with Ice Cube? It's no. Like, what? Never seen it. How is it good? Should I watch it? How are you? Oh my no, god. No, I need to watch it. I can't believe you've not watched Barbershop. There's like one and two. Queen Latifah's in it. T.I.'s in it. Eve's in it. Do you know Eve? Who's yes. that girl? La 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 la. la yeah, she's la, in it. La, la. Oh my god, you need to send me what it's called so I can watch it later. Um, who's that good looking mixed race lad with the green eyes? He's in it as well. He was in a oh, film not long know. ago. Um, have you watched the new Bel Air? No. <laughs> Basically, that, <laughs> there's a. Um, I don't know if he was in Save the Last Dance. I can't remember if he was or not. But he's a good oh, looking. He's know. a good looking guy. Anyway, he's got green eyes, the mixed race skin, and I'm just. Is like, it a film or is it like a YouTube thing? What's that barbershop? Yeah, that's a film. That's dope. No way. Dope. Honestly, God, it's got Cedric in there as well. The comedian. Oh my gosh, I need to watch. Yeah, it's pure barbershop. You even got Day Day in there out of Friday. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to watch it. Oh, mate, I could tell you. That's what I'll do later. I could tell you about some films, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch a film tonight with your partner, watch Extraction 1 and 2 with Chris What's Hemsworth. That? Okay. With Chris Hemsworth. Um, is, I don't want to tell you what it is. I want you to watch it because it's really good and it's it's quite sad as well at the same time. Is it on Netflix? Yes, it is at the minute, yeah. I mean, we, I, need, to get, uh, we need to get you a sponsor for Netflix, from Netflix. Yeah, but a lot of stuff I watch as well is on <laughs> Disney Plus because I'm a big Marvel fan. Oh, so yeah, I love Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So I've just been binging Desperate Housewives. That's my life at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have you ever binged Gordon Ramsay like Hell's Kitchen and stuff? Oh, what are you, an idiot sandwich? <laughs> yeah. God damn, it's black. <laughs> <laughs> What did he say? The meat is raw. Proper raw, mate. I can't send that shit out. Oh, he's so funny. Mate, he's actually a legend. He is a legend. Although his, his TikToks are a little bit, yeah. yeah. I've not seen his TikTok. Oh, mate, it's dreadful. It's cringe. He did that Drake. No. You know that Drake one? Flick the switch. And then there he is cooking with like a, a bra and a dress on. And I'm like, mate, come You're on. joking. I said, straight after Philip Schofield, just come on. And then you're doing this. Come on, bro. Oh, God, yeah. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I heard about one of the Jonas Brothers. He's hit on a 13-year-old when he was 19 or 20. I'm just like, I'm just like, that's okay. I still can't find a... <laughs> Wait, what happened? One of the Jonas boys hit on, no. yeah, hit on a girl when she was 13. It's all in the news at the minute. It's mad. Are you so, joking? You're not joking. You're telling the Which truth. Which one? Which one did that? I have no idea. Just one of them. Put it in your Google. If you've got your phone here, just put it in yeah, Google. Yeah, I'm ready. See. Yeah, put it in. Jonas, Jonas Brothers. Um. <gasps> oh gosh. What's it say? It says. Oh, I don't know. It says the Jonas Brothers discussed how they. Oh no, it doesn't say. It just says how they handle raising kids. What? Yeah, you ain't got the story then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems to go, but I don't know if it's the same story. Might be one of them ones where uh, Hollywood pay some people 
yeah. to delete some things. <laughs> probably. It probably is that. Well, I'm definitely getting cancelled after this video. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, say it how it is. Say it from the chest. You know me. You know me. Honestly, that's who I am. <laughs> anyway, I brought you on here. So let's get serious. Let's go get on. I'm not very serious, but I'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why I, love, not? I love speaking to you. It's family, isn't it? You feel so relaxed with family. Oh, yeah, it's for amazing. sure. It's amazing. <laughs> so. This is the first podcast you've been on, so obviously you're a little bit alien to to this. But yeah. you seem quite natural so far. You, you, you're chilling. You're all right. Oh, right? really? That's yeah, all right then. Yeah, you're, chi- you're, <laughs> you're chilling, mate. Um, obviously, sorry to anybody that's listening and can hear the fan in the background. I've got to have it on um, just to keep this this area cool because it does get quite hot. Um, yeah, literally, I'm losing kilos by the minute. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so warm in it. <laughs> oh, it's horrendous. Yes, there was a massive thunderstorm and everything going off. So we are street like literally flooded. Yep, most of our area flooded. Oh, Tesco's flooded. Cars are underwater. And I was trying to find a meme for Titanic. You know the ones when they're playing the violin as it's going down. Yeah, <laughs> that is how it felt. Literally, that means it's so good when when a company is failing, but the bosses are acting like nothing's going wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that is so true. That is actually <laughs> it's so mad. You know what I mean? Got a private helicopter on top of the roof. It's okay, guys. Just carry on taking those calls. Quick, gotta go. <laughs> I love the memes where it's like um, when you want to reward your staff, if even though they're working extra hours, so you just get them a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I said that to my boss once. I says, yo, if I carry on working as hard as I am, maybe you can buy two of them cars. <laughs> I know, literally. Mate, they're so minted. It's unreal, some people. <laughs> so rich. See, that if used only. to be a problem of mine. Like, that, that, that was part of my depression. That, like, I used to look at people and always moan and say, how have they got that? What, what have I done wrong? Oh, yeah, I'm like that too. But I'm out of it now. This podcast has helped me a lot since talking about my struggles in the world. Yeah. So I've been very honest on this podcast and the, the the guests that we've had on as well have been very honest and open and a, a lot of the guests are professionals and from uh, professional backgrounds as well. So they always bring that expert knowledge that I haven't got. The only knowledge I've got is obviously I suffered. Is experience, yeah. I've mm-hmm. suffered with anxiety and depression. And that was the main reason bringing you on today because – we wanted to speak about our other sister, didn't we? Mm-hmm, to see yeah. where she's at. Because I know that you have been an amazing, amazing support to her. Because we're in different parts of England. We can't mm-hmm. always see each other due to family responsibilities and work commitments and all of that. Mm-hmm. But you have been there like a rock. And, you know, I want to thank you for that, for looking out oh, for Oh, bless you. Thank you. That's super kind of you. It's been a long journey. <laughs> It's been a long journey. It's not quite at the end of the road just yet. No. Things are on the up. Yeah, I'm not going to say a name on here because I don't need her to be bombarded and more pressure put on her head because I know that she's just opened Facebook again, which is super amazing. Yeah. That means her confidence is coming back. That's so true. It's, that's a massive thing for her. It is. And she looks well. In her she picture, does. She looks really well. Yeah, she does. She's glowing, honestly. Yeah, and it, it's so nice. When I saw her, I went, oh, there she is. <laughs> there she is. Obviously, 
we won't mention a name on this part. If you do hear a name, it's because we changed the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a good point. <laughs> all, all it is, if you, all I'm basically saying is to the listeners out there, our sister is going through some things at the minute and mm-hmm. she's trying to get over it. And the last thing I want is any listeners to try and scope her out, find a slide into her DMs. Because honestly, it's not, just, just don't, just yeah. don't, literally. Yeah. Just, just stay in your own lane. Um, yeah, because her her poorliness is like it was. It's been quite extreme. It has. I've I've had phone calls off her a couple of years back, and she was telling me about some of the stuff that was going on, especially mm-hmm. with insomnia, not able to sleep due to some yeah. things that were going on in her head. Mm-hmm. And it was. Do you know so how sad. important it is as well? Like with insomnia. Um, so obviously that's not, she's got a lot, but with insomnia for anybody else listening, if you don't sleep, all it takes is four days of no sleep before you can hit a psychosis point. It's literally just four days of no sleep and then you can get psychosis. How crazy is that? that that's how close we are. Yeah. Honestly. And I've done, I think the most I've done, I just said, Oh, it's my cat. I'm so sorry. She's very chatty. There's no <laughs> wrong with that. She can join the podcast. She could be the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> She's just staring at me like, what's going on? <laughs> Bless. But no, but no the, the longest I've stayed awake was around about 25 hours, and I must admit I felt drunk. Mm-hmm. I, That's exactly it. Yeah, I I I because I start work early in the morning, mm-hmm. and then obviously when I get home, I've got family commitments as well. You know, I've got I've got the three kids, I've got the missus, we've got the house stuff to do, we've got things to deal with that's going on in the week, things to plan, family, da, 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 da. and before you know it, you're still up, and you're like, mate, I've been up like for 25 hours now, so I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, literally. And you're falling asleep on the sofa, and you get upstairs, you go in the bed, you lay down, and you're like, why can't I sleep? And you yeah. just can't. So... Because you get past it, you got like get past that point of tiredness where it's like yeah. physically can't do it. Ser- no, you're serious there because <laughs> I watched I watched this Netflix. I just binged it like just um I think Mormons. This guy had like twelve wives living with him. Oh and my I, goodness! I just watched every episode because I couldn't sleep, and it got to like seven in the morning. Yeah, you know, and I woke up three o'clock a.m. the day previous, so. <laughs> Oh wired. my god! Yeah, so my missus has since obviously bought me an eye mask, so now we go sleep in total darkness. Eye masks are actually really good as well; like they do help you sleep massively. They're amazing. Although mm-hmm. this week I woke up late for work. Now my son wanted me to come to his last ever sports day at primary school because he's leaving this year. He's going to high school, and I big big Aww. boy now. And every time I've got something planned with the family, I always wake up late. I had all my alarms set. I had 10 alarms on my phone and then I've got my actual rising sun alarm which is off Amazon if you've seen this one where the sun it gradually gets brighter. I love that alarm. I've got a loony one and oh my goodness it is amazing. 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 Yeah it makes you feel like you're waking up at daytime and obviously you look out the window it's pitch black and you're like yeah Yeah. right mate. (laughs) You can't fool me. (laughs) No exactly It's, it's the body clock thing but I've got this new app that I'm trying to tell everybody to go and download. It's called Balance. It's on my Facebook page, the link to oh, it. Yeah. get it for free. So it's a little bit like Headspace, but they're giving it you for free for the first year. So £65 for free, basically. 
That's mega. So it's called balance and it's to do with sleep and meditation. Now, a lot of people don't want to do meditation. I didn't want to do meditation. Obviously, I was a bit naive about it, but now I do it. I'm like, yo, this is crazy, Cravo. I should have been doing this long time oh, ago. so true. Do you know what as well with meditation, the good way to get into it? Because I think with meditation, it's like a, if you've never done it before, it's like a bit of a stigma and really alien and you almost feel awkward. But yep. the best way to practice it is just to do it when you go to sleep. Um, yep. you can use Spotify, the meditation playlists, or you can use Headspace or Balance. And then when you lie in bed, just close your eyes and do the breathing because that's still meditation. And every single night when you do it, you'll get to sleep quicker, feel really relaxed, and it will get you more into the mindset of being able to do it in daytime by just sitting cross-legged, looking out the window and whatnot. It's a really good way to start. Yeah, I can't say it, but... <laughs> Honestly, Chantel, that is exactly what I preach. The same thing. Really? Yeah, they're the exact same thing. The exact. I do it while I'm, you know, in my truck. Because you can, you can meditate just by anything. I, I meditate morning and night, and I have a little meditation in the in the afternoon. And all it is is just breathing. But people are like, oh, and I'm like, no. All it does it just brings you to where you are now, to now, the presence you are now here. Thoughts are going to keep coming into your head, but it's down to the meditation to kick them back out. So just exactly. concentrate again, find something if you can't. But it is all about breathing. It's about mm-hmm. breathing and just, just living in the moment, man. That's so, for sure. So yeah, it, it, I love it. I love it. And and yeah, I put on a sleep meditation. I've never done a sleep one. And the other night They're I did it. so good. I love them. Mate, if I could sell it in a bottle, I would say this actually <laughs> works because I woke up an hour late for work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what, as well, if you close your eyes and imagine, like, if you could act like what you were saying, if you could sell meditation in a bottle for when you go to bed, if I, I've got my eyes closed right now and I can imagine it being in, like, a little glass bottle and the liquid is gold and it's, like, gold dust. Like, that's yeah. how pure and good it is and you don't realise how good it is. I know that sounds a bit eccentric, but... <laughs> no, because I, I didn't ever have it as gold, because I've also thought of that. But mine was like the Elixir charm, I think it's called, in Harry Potter, the truth, uh, the, oh, the good charm. Oh, yes! Just like a little drop of that on your tongue. Ah! Astro plane in, there yeah. I am, up there. Euphoric, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But it is, it's amazing. When you get a good, when you get a good night's kit, honestly, you feel great. Mm-hmm. But... I found out something the other day as well. Have you ever fallen asleep, woke up, and you feel really drowsy and tired when you wake up? Is it when you get into this new sleep cycle, that kind of thing? It is. It's correct. Yeah. Yes. When you literally just come out of a deep sleep because you're halfway through the deep sleep. so it, Or it could be the REM, which is your dreaming mm-hmm. bit. Obviously, you're dreaming, but it's actually your brain compartmentalizing all of the stuff that you've gone through today, and it's putting them into your dark, deep memories where you need mm-hmm. them, and, and then obviously chucking out stuff that you don't really need to remember anymore. But yeah, so that's what that is. And I only found that out because of on this Apple Watch I've got, it shows you your sleep pattern. And whenever oh, I, I woke should up, start I wearing mine. Up, yeah, honestly, wear it. I mean, I've got the 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 latest one. Um, mm-hmm. the, the is it the eight that lets you know when you're ovulating? And I'm like, I'm a bloke. No, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, because it takes your wrist temperature. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a guy. Is there anything on here for men? <laughs> well, the that, it'll guys. be just for men color. It'll be just for men color, like just for men. Apple watches. Yeah, black. <laughs> back to black. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's yeah, it's it's great. I love I love it. 
But I have to charge it every single day. Every day I have yeah. to charge it. Whereas my G-Shock watch, I've changed the batteries once in eight years. Because I've Mad. got it for my 30th and I've only changed the batteries once. Whereas the Apple Watch. And everybody says, oh, yeah, but they're, they're all singing, all dancing to do this. I'm like, I literally use it for Strava for when I'm riding my bike and yeah. looking at the time and checking my steps. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't really use mine very often because of the charging. I just can't be bothered to keep charging it. Exactly. I mean, I'm lucky enough to get this new charger head where it charges your phone and the watch at the same time. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm chill with that. <laughs> That's cool. That is a really good idea. Yeah, so... I need to remember to do that. <laughs> anyway, when or what... Do, do you want to explain what happened to our sister? Yeah. Where, where it all started? Of course started. I can. So it started in... So before my sister got poorly, she was doing really well, like super confident. She was more confident than I was when I was um younger. She was like... You know when you're a kid and you've got your siblings and you go to the disco and it's like you've got the one that just sits on the side feeling awkward? That was me. And my sister would be, like, dancing on the floor, the first one dancing, like, full of energy, full of life. Um, And she started working for the NHS when she was able to work and worked with the NHS for a little while. Um, And then she just had an episode in her life where it triggered her into a bit of a depressive state almost. Um, I reckon she would have been about 18 when this happened. And she just started, That's that was the beginning signs was a bit of depression. And one day um, she rang me and she, and it was about 2am in the morning. I remember it vividly. And she rang me and bearing in mind there was no previous like mental health issues before this was quite new to us from her and she said oh she's like Chantel just to let you know I'm in A&E and I was like oh my god like are you okay is everything all right and she went yeah I've um I've hit my head really bad so I'm just gonna get a brain scan could you come and meet me so I was like yeah absolutely I'm there so my boyfriend Mark he drove me to a and I rang my mum and I said mum come to A&E Nikki oh my sister's there <laughs> and um my mum was like, yeah, okay, I'm coming. So we went to A&E and I said to my sister, I was like, what's going on? Like, how did you hit your head? And she said, she, and she whispered to me and she went, um, I didn't actually hit my head. She said, uh, there's a, um, uh, like a microchip in my brain and it's, and it's communicating with me. But if I tell the hospital that there's a microchip in my brain, they won't believe me. So I'm going to say I've hit my head because then they'll give me a brain scan. And I was like, what on earth? Like, I felt like my soul leave my body. You know, like, you, you could feel your colour leave your skin almost because I was, like, blown away. And her face was so serious. And she was always quite a funny girl. Like, everything was always sarcastic or humorous. So for her to be this serious, oh, it literally took my breath away. Um, And I said to her, I was like, what do you mean? How do you know? And she said, oh, um... I've been doing these tarot cards and I asked it because I could feel something in my brain and it told me that there was a microchip in her. And then she was like, if you don't believe me, look. And then she started doing these tarot in front of me in A&E, in the literal waiting area. And I was like, no, this isn't, you're not using this properly. This isn't how you do it. And she was like, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. And I was like, no, I, I believe that in your world this is happening but 
you're fine like this is you're safe we'll see the doctor and she was like okay and she just sat there and she was um she just looked her eyes were like she's got brown eyes but her eyes were almost black like her eye color had changed and she she didn't look like herself does that make sense like she just looked completely not makes loads of sense she she just wasn't herself Yeah, yeah she just she wasn't herself and then um she was like, I'm just going to wait for the doctor. So I, I was like, okay. So then my mum went over to the doctor and she said, look, like this is what's happening because she wanted to be as transparent as possible. So they got a mental health nurse over in A&E and they spoke to my sister and, and I asked her questions and stuff and they were like, right, um, I think she's going through depression. And I, and I said to the doctor, I was like, no, my mum said to the doctor, she went, like behind my sister's back basically when my sister weren't listening she went look I think that she could be on like becoming potentially schizophrenic basically and the doctor said no no that's absolutely not it because if that was it she wouldn't know that what she said sounded crazy she would think that what she said was rational and that we were crazy but because she knew that what she said doesn't sound right and changed it to hit in her head that means that she can't have it. Do you know what I mean? It is. It, so see, it does sound like that, though. See, more obviously, our brother Ashley—he's got that. He's got. He's got schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. He's got a little Irish bloke that speaks to him in his brain. Oh, like, ser- bless ser- him. Like, serious. He has to come off the phone to me sometimes. Says, "I've got to go, Jermaine, because the the, the bloke's here is telling me to do bad things." So he's on medication, obviously, yeah. for that. But yeah, that's what it sounds like when I first heard it about our sister. I thought, you know what? <laughs> Is she okay? But the doctor's got a good point there as well, because if you do understand that this is a yeah. this is a weird thing to go on, and you've realised that you've changed what you've done to get into any, i.e., I've banged my head. But that can also yeah. tell me that she's perhaps scared as well, very scared to admit exactly. what's in there. She's bit, might be a bit humiliating. Not, I can't say that because I'm going to sound crazy, kind of thing. But no, yeah, exactly. Especially that young age as well, but. It, she must have been so so scared in in your mum and yourself as well. Just to just to, Well the oh. thing is as well, it's crazy. The thing is as well is so with something like schizophrenia, so when my sister went into hospital and the and the doctor had said that, even though his point is valid, in the same breath you can't disregard it because what happens is if you get schizophrenia, it doesn't it doesn't always show when you're that young so for my sister she would have been about 18 years old or something so they can't take it too serious because it's the first episode of something so they have to take it with a pinch of salt um so he kind of said right we'll get her into the doctors tomorrow and we're gonna get her on medication so I was like okay so I went with my sister and we went to see the doctor and my sister was super distracted she was like again not with it like looking around um like in hindsight now I know the situation my sister was in a state of psychosis um but then I didn't know really what psychosis was um and the nurse the doctor or who who I think it might have been a nurse who my sister saw because you never see a doctor anymore in in your surgery I don't think I've ever met my doctor Um, they're all different now I'm the only work half a day yeah exactly so um the nurse spoke to my sister and and she actually snapped at my sister and she was like I need your attention you're not giving me anything 
um in and in, in again in hindsight that's not really a good way an appropriate way to deal with something like that because it's not it can be quite triggering the, i was going to say in um, defense of the nhs as well though they perhaps didn't mm. even have the training back then either because exactly. i think mental health help and stuff like that is only now yeah starting to be seen as a so real symptom true. so so true and um, so they gave her some antidepressant medication and whatnot, um, and like mood stabilizers. Um, but actually, she got worse. So what happened was, is she again rang me one day and she said, um, she said that there's a famous rapper and he has hacked my laptop. And I was like, what? And she went, I was, she was like, I was making some music and my music glitched out. And he spoke to me and he's stealing all the music I've ever made. And he's saying that it's all his. And then she's like, if you don't believe me, there was a boy, I won't say his name, but there was a boy on the roof and he was crying because he saw it happen. And I was like, what? And then she was like, so can you come with me tomorrow? I'm going to go to CEX and I want to sell my laptop and my phone. And I was like, no, we don't need to do this. And she's like, no, I need to do this. Like, I have to do this. So I was like, okay, fine. So I met her and we went in, we walked into town and this was was the first um, incident. This was probably a week after being in A&E and this was our first incident of where I've actually witnessed her communicating with something that wasn't there. So I was walking down the street and she she started talking and she went and she whispered, she went, Chantal, I need to sell it because they've hacked my phone now. And I said, what do you mean? And she went, they've hacked it, so I have to sell it. And I went, who's hacked it? And she went, shh. She's like, you can't talk loudly. And then she, and then she rolled her eyes and she's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So we went into the CEX and she couldn't remember her password to get into her phone. So it locked her out. And, and she was like, they've hacked it. They've got into my stuff now. They've got, they've got it. And she kind of went on a bit of a frenzy. Like, I don't know what to do, like panicked herself. Um, and it was, it was super uncomfortable because it's like, how can you help somebody that's in their own reality? Like their reality is so different. I can't say to her, like, you're fine, this isn't what's happening, because it is to her, like, I can't change it, and the more you tell them it's not happening, the more frustrated they get, so we kept going back and forth to the hospital, and again, they were treating it as depressant, and then she ended up being taken into, like, a psychiatric hospital, and they said that that depression to me. No, exactly. Honestly, and it gets it gets deeper as well, Jermaine, to be honest. It's honestly, I couldn't even write it. So she goes into hospital and they say to her, okay, right, they say to us, she's actually, she's in psychosis. We're going to have to involve her with NSTEP, which is a psychosis team, and they will be very intense with the care and they'll get her out of this and we'll change her medication. And we're like, okay, brilliant. So they did that and we had, and she became more calm. She was on medication that calmed her down. She was able to get a routine back. So at this point she was sleeping through the day and was up through the night and wasn't eating properly and all sorts of stuff um so she ended up being like really really quite in a state of psychosis i was gonna say i think that's the time when she was uh contacting me as well she was ringing me from the room um, yeah and and telling me about this stuff and yeah my my main thing what i kept telling her is who have you spoken to who's put this in your head yeah, because do you know it, what? That's what I thought as well, and I never—I've only just remembered it now, as you're saying. I was thinking, I was thinking, who has like triggered this for you? Yeah, because such a young age can be manipulated as well. Yeah, so exactly. I didn't know. I said, so have you watched anything? Have you have you seen any? Have you read anything? Because you know, not to not to sort of 
you know, joke around about the younger people taking things seriously. But I was trying to be a big brother kind of thing. I was at work at the time and she was speaking to me and I just said, where's all this come from? But at the same time I was doing what you were doing, I, I understood that she was in that reality there and then. I was just trying to be a guidance on the phone to her saying, look, you're okay. Yeah. Don't worry. I says, because me and her have this same thing. And she mm-hmm. spoke to me. I don't know if you've ever had it. I spoke about it on the podcast. It's a um, sleep paralysis. Yes. I suffer yeah. of that. And it's in the form of a, a really tall bloke with black. He's got a black suit on and a black top hat and a and a walking cane and winkle picker shoes. And he comes over through the wall and he gets right next to me, stands beside me while I'm sleeping and then kneels onto my chest. And I can't breathe, can't talk, can't shout. When I do shout, there's no words come out. Yeah. But I found out that it was literally just a night terror. So I, I've clocked it. I, no, I, I understood what it was. I can now do it myself while laying in bed. I can just think of it and it would happen. And I'll literally, and all it is, you are, your body's woke, your eyes are waking up before your body's woken up. Because when you go to sleep and dream, or when you get to, your brain is working, obviously, for, for all the stuff that you've just gone through on that day. Like I said, with the REM, the REM, mm-hmm. when you, it's the rapid eye movement. And what happens is, so you don't act out your dreams whilst you sleep, your body goes into a paralysis state. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I woke up next to this thing, you automatically assume that something must be holding you down. Oh, yeah. Something must be on top of you because you can't move. Your eyes are moving, but you can't talk. And all it is, it's your body's just shut down, basically. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, that, so that does remind me of that. When we were chatting about that, so yeah, because that's what that is what she used to get when she was younger as well. Like, because I remember when we were younger, she told me about it, and then I ended up getting it because I was familiar with it, thinking about it, yeah, yeah thinking about it. So yeah. I, I do still get it sometimes as well. Um, because I was thinking, it's awful. Because I was thinking, like, with when she had it, I was thinking, is that to do with it? I don't know. And is it scared her so much? I don't, I don't even know how it would have happened. And then I was thinking. Is she taking drugs? Like, is that what's happening? Yeah. Um, is it drugs? Drink, is it drugs? Is it drink? Exactly. And she was yeah. like, "No, it's." She's like, "I'm not taking anything." She's almost getting frustrated at me because she's like, "This isn't it." Um, but when the psychosis calmed down with being on the right medication and everything, and she was on a routine, she was sleeping properly. Um, when she hit, oh, I think it must have been can't remember how old you are when they discharge you from the care of NSTEP. I think it's probably after two years or something like that. Um, I could be wrong, but they discharged her from the care. And after then, she got worse. They were like, she's not in psychosis anymore. We can't do anything. Like, there's nothing we can do. She'll need to just go to CAMS and be under adult social care. And I was like, okay, fine. And that's when it went downhill for, for her, unfortunately, because the care wasn't as uh, as thorough. It was very much like once a month they'll try and see you. Um, if they don't hear from you, that's on you. Do you know what I mean? It was the responsibility wasn't there as much for them anymore. It was on you as an individual. Yeah. Um, it's and I, it? it's not good because I still believed that my sister was in psychosis, which is normally psychosis is something that you come in and out of. It's not a consistent thing normally. So. Right. Their argument is that you can't be in psychosis for this long, so she's therefore she's not in it, even though she was still engaging with voices. Um, so she had a real bad episode, bless her, and 
she would start do you know the best way to explain it is it's like having a loved one have dementia so and that's what it was like experiencing my sister it was like she had dementia her memories were not there the reality she was in was something that didn't exist and she was doing things that didn't make sense so she would be walking around town with no shoes on and if it was rainy she'd be wearing shorts and a vest top like she had no understanding of suitable clothing to wear for the right weather and shoes to wear when you're walking down the street which is covered in glass after a a Saturday night and do you know what I mean and she was doing that and I kept calling the police and saying I really need help I think my sister's unwell and the police actually said to me what do you want us to do about it like what do you want we can't do anything so it makes me sick it makes me sick it's so bad and then it makes me sick the way things are yeah and she was so young as well she was so young a young vulnerable girl like 19 or something 20 21 and uh, under 25 and she was in this vulnerable situation and she was just talking out loud to voices and reacting in a way to voices and um so I called the mental health assessment team and I said like please can you come out and assess my sister that uh, something's wrong with her so they're like okay we'll come out and I said but my sister is never in her home because she feels unsafe in her home so she'll be sat on the street somewhere where because she at this point sorry I'm like throwing the I the time scale is so muddled in my head but at this point she thought that the time it was a time bomb in her head now so it wasn't a microchip it was a time bomb and she thought that a a suicide bomber um who had passed away his soul had got entangled with her soul and because of that she had been cursed by black magic that when she hits 25 the time bomb would explode so she was scared that if she was in her flat alone, nobody would find her. So she'd sit on the street so people would find her oh if something God. happened. It was I really didn't know bad. Any of that. It's really bad. Yeah, this is this will be a lot, Jermaine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I called the mental <laughs> no, no, health. You're right. <laughs> so I called the mental health assessment team, and they came out and they said they rang me and they said, "Look, she's she's not in her home. She's on the street. We've we've spoke to her, but unfortunately, we can't do an assessment act because we don't want to." take her dignity away by doing this in public and I was like at this point she's walking around bare feet she's shouting random stuff I don't think the dignity is an issue like please can you assess her she really it's needs not even help that. It's, and she's it's vulnerable about health and safety as well exactly isn't it? and they basically point blank said no they're not going to help me so I was like okay back to square one <laughs> and then I'd get messages on Facebook on Instagram saying hi I've just seen your sister she looks really poorly um, just wondering if she actually has any support and that ego in me that I was just you know the ego you just want to get rid of was thinking like oh my god like people are like assuming that I'm not helping like how dare they of course I'm helping but obviously they're not to know but I also can't sit with my sister 24 7 because I had a job and I've got to pay bills and I was also giving my sister money for food so I couldn't sit with no, her for- and protect no, her no. I was going to say, not only that, Shani, you know, you've, we're also paying our national insurance, which goes right. into the NHS, and they're there to, to help the people. And she is a very vulnerable young lady walking around town, not only a harm to herself, but also could be a potential harm to others. Yeah. For the police and the NHS to not even bother picking, yeah. you, you know, and doing their job, what yeah. they're actually employed to, to do, do, is disgusting. Yeah. It's absolutely it's disgusting. And, 
They, it's and, a, it's just, oh, it gets worse, Jermaine. <laughs> I was, put it this way, I wasn't one of those guys clapping the NHS during the, the pandemic. No, I just wasn't. I wasn't. Because I just think it's like... They, well, they didn't help Nan. They didn't help Pat. They didn't help, you know, our sister. They, yeah. They may have helped other people out there. They've helped me, but it took six months to get my to get my tablets and to yeah. get onto a, a course. So but I you know was what? self Do you know it what it is, own. though, Jermaine? It's like, it's not even... The, the hidden factor of this is it's not even the NHS, it's the government. The government have cut the funding for the NHS to perform to their best ability. So they're, like, depriving the NHS of money and facilities to perform a job. And that's the thing that's lacking. But but you say that, and if you have a look a deeper deeper look on on the web, you will find that the NHS blindly buy things that are well overpriced, and they don't even use it. There was a hospital made; it didn't even use any people. There was no people in it, no patients. Oh, do you know what I I talk about this they all the time? They overspend. If they spend correctly, where it needs to be, yeah. it'll be it'll be flourishing. I've got family members at work. My brother's partner's NHS, right? I'm not. I'm not. No, I say fully because they they do do a good job. But it yeah, you have some. You have like a few of them that are like gold dust that are brilliant, but they're hidden by all the ones that are just being negligent. Exactly, and they need to be called out. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've I've made complaints, loads Same of complaints, here. especially oh, to doctors, uh, surgeries, GPs. Yeah. When you've got a receptionist asking you what's wrong with you, and when it's a, a particular problem that you don't really want to be saying in front of a receptionist, I mean, it was only the other week, right? I had I had tests done because I keep getting lightheaded. I don't know what sort of thing. I keep getting tested, and this this lady says, "Oh, you've got raised ATL levels," and I'm yeah. like, "What's that?" Because I'm in a truck and I'm about to start my drive again. Because obviously, I pulled over to speak to this lady because it was a it was about my blood. You know, you need to. It's it was the blood test results. Yeah. So I was waiting for the phone call anyway, and I was on my break, and she said, yes, you've got raised ATL or ALT levels in your bloodstream. You need to come back and get another blood test. And I'm sat there thinking, what What the hell's going on? What's an ATL? So I asked her, I said, what's an ATL? Oh, I don't know. I'm just a receptionist. Oh, forget. But it's like, well, why are you asking me all these questions if you don't even know what I'm saying? Exactly, you know, if it, I actually said to her, and I don't know if it was quite rude, but I said to her, I said, in future, you may want to research the job that you're actually doing yeah. and understand the acronyms that you're giving out to these people. Yeah. Because all you've done now is scared me shitless. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. And what, am I having an heart attack? What, what's going What's an yeah. oh, I don't know. And I, oh, for and goodness I'm just like, sake. So, so, yeah, I made a complaint. I said, look, in future, I want a doctor to speak to me, give me the correct information so I'm not panicking. You've got it on your books that I suffer with anxiety and depression, and now you've just shit me up in a 44-ton truck. Yeah. Are you mad? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, what a response. I don't know. I'm just a receptionist. Yeah, it's not good You're enough. You're in the wrong job, mate. <laughs> Get yourself to Burger King or Pizza Hut. Don't do that. <laughs> Fuck me. Right, it's not good enough, up, mate, is honestly. it? It's, it's not good yeah. enough. No, no, it's not. It's not good enough. Not good enough. They, they they bailed out on me. I was supposed to have wisdom teeth taken out. Took them six years. Oh, my and goodness. And in the end, I won the case. I won a case, got the compensation, and I went to Circle in Nottingham Private Hospital. They took me straight on. Good within on a day. Bang. That's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've took the NHS to court. Yeah. Um, that's what in I'm there. actually planning <laughs> to do as well, honestly. Cause, do it. So, when she... 
when I tell you more that's happened, you'll be definitely fueling me to do it. So when she, what bit did I get up to? I'm trying to think what I was. What did I say? So you got we... to the part where your friends are asking you if oh, yeah. she's got the support that she needs. Sorry to jump in, obviously. No, no, <laughs> I, no. Thought, I want yeah. you to jump in because it it's, it makes <laughs> you think, doesn't it? Um, but yeah. my brain, like ADHD brain, my brain's like. Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> I know. I think I, I actually think I'm undiagnosed with ADHD. Some you people could be. Me the other day. You Honestly, could be because you can never sit still. You're always yeah. onto different little projects. Yeah. Uh, and all of that kind of thing and everything seems to be rolling into one i'm thinking maybe i've got adhd you but I just don't a lot it. of people do have it and they don't actually realize <laughs> no because like we said the, the the research wasn't there it wasn't back there. when we were small kids no. um, and now we're adults it's like i mean you see it now didn't you the people with those um they've got the the lanyards yeah oh, i've got adhd i've just found out and i'm like well, you've had it all your life, so what's yeah. changed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just got to like, think of coping mechanisms, do all of well, that You've been stuff. coping this long. Yeah, exactly. You've been coping this long. If I've got it, look, I'm... I'm We're doing all right. Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Depression, you know when it hits you because it's like you, you're gone. Exactly. You're just like, you, can't, you, you just don't want to be here. But, yeah, I've always thought I've had a bit of ADHD. You yeah. definitely could. The waiting list is like two years as well to get diagnosed. Yeah, it's massive. So now I just li- literally just self diagnose Yeah, I've got ADHD. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you may as well. Then just look at coping <laughs> things. Jermaine, I need to go for a pee really quickly. <laughs> Is it all right if I quickly go? I'll be one second. Yeah, go on. One sec. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. <laughs> I was sat here like, I really need to go for a pee. <laughs> um, but no, so we got to the bit where might the people messaging me so yeah. yeah so they were messaging me all the time and it was getting worse and then I had people messaging me saying your sister's messaged me saying that I've hacked her brain and I need to stop so it was getting like a bit out of hand so oh my god oh uh, yeah it was a bit intense what was what was mum doing so at this point so mum was aware of it all and she was trying to help as much as she could. So she would have my sister living with her. But my yeah. mum suffers with really quite severe anxiety. And yeah. my sister and my mum were like triggering each other. So yeah, it yeah, was yeah. It not just, a good scenario. It then. wasn't a good scenario. So it was, it was making my mum quite poorly. And out of the three of us, I'd say my mind is probably, I mean, I'm not sane, but it's probably a little bit more saner. <laughs> so I was like I just think you're bonkers I am bonkers I'm absolutely bonkers so I kind of but no I can imagine that'd be like a melting pot then, yeah it? exactly at, at the, at the family home it just wasn't good so. for them both so they my mum had to take a step back so she was helping us but from behind you know what I mean she was like on the sidelines helping not fully involved kind of thing um well especially if it was making her worse and exactly adding to to the sister's pain exactly it's it's a mature it's a mature way to do it i suppose yeah exactly so um i was still trying to get in get her into hospital and whatnot anyway she ended up being back in a hospital and and every single time she was in hospital it was involuntary so when you go into a like a psychiatric hospital involuntary what that means is is if you decide that right i need to be in hospital they'll take you in and if you think right today i'm going to go out for the whole day 
you can do as you please. And then if you're like, actually, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to leave. You can leave. They can't stop you. Um, so she was in involuntary and she was in there for like a few weeks and they, the doctor was trying to figure out what was going on with her. Um, to be fair, this doctor was a little bit better than other experiences, but he, um, he called my mum and he said, look, we're about to discharge her. Um, however, I don't even, I don't know what to diagnose her with. He said, he's like, I don't know what to diagnose her with. Um, I don't think she's got schizophrenia. Um, but I don't know what it could be. And then literally an hour later, he called her back and he went, look, I'm going to diagnose her with a personality disorder, an emotionally unstable personality disorder. So EUPD. Literally, literally just about to say, is it personality yeah. disorder? Is she in two different worlds yeah. creating these things, easily influenced by different things going on in the world and she's putting it in her head? Yeah. And so that kind of exactly. Thing. And the difference between a like a personality disorder. So the way that doctors view a personality disorder is that it's 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 kind of I hate saying it because I personally believe that it's a mental health condition to have a personality disorder. But doc- oh, it is, 100%. But, but doctors don't look at it like that. Doctors kind of look at it as, yes, it is a mental health issue, but there isn't any support that you can gain like medication's not really going to help it other than antidepressants to keep your mood up. But you, you can't take an antipsychotic because you're not psychotic. So a personality disorder, they view it as a choice. Like you choose to behave this way. Therefore, you being in hospital is actually more detrimental because you are easily influenced by the behaviours of other others. So if... So- so if you have a person, so there's no medication. For no, that at all. no, there's no, there's nothing. There's literally nothing. So wow. So with a, so you can take antidepressants or like mood stabilizers, but that's it. Yeah, but th- it's totally for a different. I thing. just think there's not enough research in it to be honest, because or I it's either that or a personality disorder. There's more to a personality disorder than like maybe it isn't a personality disorder, and it's actually an umbrella of a few different complex illnesses. And because yeah, but you, you, I just don't understand how they can try and fix something like that with an antidepressant. You can't. So, you know what antidepressant has in it? It has serotonin yeah, in it, so, and that's a chemical that's missing from the exactly. brain. Exactly. So with uh, with a personality disorder, the the best way to treat it is by is talking therapy and cognitive behavioural therapy. But it's up to the individual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's up to the individual if they want to do it. But in my sister's case, because I didn't believe that she had a personality disorder, and again, going back to what I said earlier with it's like having a loved one suffering from dementia, if you said to somebody that you know that had dementia, you've got an appointment on the 23rd of April at 2.15pm, they're not going to remember that. It, it, it's not going to well, no, stick we him. We through that, didn't we? With it, yeah. Pappy Ken. That's, it, that's what, that was him all over. Exactly. So my argument is that that's not what's wrong with her. She doesn't have a personality disorder because she isn't. Th- it's not the same as somebody with a personality disorder. It's completely different symptoms. Um, but the doctor didn't believe me because he was like, well, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing something different in hospital and I have to go on what I'm seeing because what, like, what if I'm lying? You know, I could be lying to get my sister in hospital yeah, but, you don't know but at the same t- but at the same time then he's disregarding what she's just said because if she has got a personality disorder as he's saying then how does he not know that the person that he's got in there now is the other personality of our sister so the person making it so a personality you know what i mean yeah so a personality disorder which which is like 
the best way to explain it is it's not it's not like a split personality a personality disorder is is almost viewed as this sounds awful but in it's almost viewed as an attention seeking behavior so it's like okay so with a personality disorder if you are in a hospital right full of everybody that's got schizophrenia the person with a personality disorder will feel like they've got schizophrenia even though they don't because they're absorbing what other people do does that make sense oh yeah you tell you what you're correcting me because i was for some reason i've always had in my mind that it was like a split no it's not it's it's, again this is why this is why i have a disclaimer at the start of this you see (laughs) because i'm not medical profession and i'm learning i mean since you have spoke about that I have brought some up on the on the NHS website that does say treatment for borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so treatment for BPD may involve individual or group psychotherapy yep. carried out by professionals within a community of mental health teams, CMHT. The goal of CMHT is to provide day-to-day support and treatment while ensuring you have as much independence as possible. That's it. But then it goes down to say um what they give and it was what you said so it was mood uh where is it like mood stabilizers and antidepressants so yeah so mood stabilizers or antipsychotics are sometimes prescribed to help mood swings alleviate psychotic symptoms or reduce impulsive behavior yep so it's the very fine line <laughs> between identifying somebody with a personality disorder and identifying somebody with full blown like psychosis basically because if you have a personality disorder you can show symptoms of psychosis but if you give somebody an antipsychotic if you think they've not got psychosis then you could be making the patient worse so it's really difficult to prescribe something correctly do you know what i mean so That's scary though yeah it? so my sister was never given any antipsychotics she was just on mood stabilizers and antidepressants um so that's what they diagnosed with they discharged her and it got worse she got even more poorlier so it was christmas eve a few years ago um the police took her to hospital um because she was hanging out hanging around near a bridge um and a, and a member of the public found her and, and they called the police the police took her into hospital and she went to a hospital in, in Ketrin. And this was probably one of the worst experiences that we had faced. So she was taken in and she was waiting for a hospital bed to be admitted. And um, she, was, she was given a hospital bed. And I was constantly ringing the ward like, how is she doing? La, 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 la. And they're like, oh, she's really poorly. Like, we're going to keep our eye on her. And I was like, okay, like, thank you for looking after her. And the next day I called them and I said, I'm just calling to see how my sister is. And they went, oh, we've discharged her. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we've discharged her. No, it was, this was the day before um, Christmas Eve. So this was on Christmas Eve, they discharged her. And I said, what do you mean you've discharged her? Like, she's got no shoes, no phone and no keys to get into her home. Like, how have you discharged her? You've not even given me a care plan or anything. I've not had a ward round. I've not met the doctor. And they're like, yeah, she's already in a taxi. She's on her way home. And I was like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? And they said, oh, just wait outside our home and you'll just have to let her in. And I was fuming at this point. So I was like, we've got no answers. She's She was suicidal. What do you mean? And um, so I was waiting outside her, her home and 
and a half an hour passed and I called them and I said look like she's not here what is going on and the lady was like oh I'm really sorry she's definitely in the taxi just keep waiting and then an hour passed so at this point it's an hour and a half and I called again and I said look I'm really concerned I can't get hold of her because she hasn't got a phone she's completely not in the right suitable clothing she has no key I don't know what to do and the nurse on the phone was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Chantel. She actually didn't get into the taxi. She's like, we ordered her a taxi and she ran away. And I was like, please tell me you're joking. And she was like, oh my she was God. like, no, she's run away. And I was like, you have a duty of care to look after her. What is going on? And she went, with all due respect, Chantel, we've actually discharged her. So therefore, we, we no longer have a duty of care. That's what she said to me on the phone absolute joke what would she have done if that was her daughter oh, or that's son? exactly what i said to her i said what if that was your daughter and she, absolute and she joke. didn't say anything and i was like you guys are ridiculous Disgusting. so they had already called the police as well so police were looking for her police found her um because they managed to get cctv footage um of where she was they found her they took her back to the hospital my sister was waiting in reception and my mum drove to pick her up my mum's partner drove to pick her up and my mum went in there and my mum was crying and she was begging them, like, please help us. Like, please don't discharge her. We really need your help. Like, it's been three years or something. Like, we need help. And the nurse, um, the ward matron, came to my mum and she went, there is nothing we can do for her here, so I suggest you take her home. And if you don't leave now, I will get security. And that's what she did. And they got security and they took, dragged my mum my and my sister out of the hospital. That's our National Health that's, Service people. Yeah, that's what happened. And my <laughs> mum was literally crying, like begging. Joke. So then they were driving back home and um, they were on the motorway and my sister tried to open the car door to jump out on the motorway as well. And um, and I, I was obviously it was over the Christmas period, so I couldn't get hold of cams. I couldn't get hold of anybody to get support. So my mum had to lock my sister in her home for about two weeks until they were able to send a doctor to my mum's house. Um, just, just one step in quick. Yeah, go Has for it. Has ever been in, offered or invited up to us lot? Because we've got a branding unit up here, which helps that kind of thing. Like, they really know what they're doing. Really? I'm just thinking, yeah, it's called the Brandon Ward. Well, um, so ha- luckily now, Jermaine, she's she's somewhere safe. But back then, she wasn't offered yeah, she any. Is, she yeah. wasn't offered yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they did they wanted they didn't want to know her and the reason they didn't want to know her is because her diagnosis was a personality disorder and they thought everything she was doing was was for attention um, and I don't think that's how you should look at a personality disorder it's a mental health condition yeah, there's more to it but aren't you supposed to be trained yeah aren't you supposed to be trained to show empathy yep. and compassion there was no and compassion and well being there was no empathy caring. nothing. So my one day my mum was like, right, she needed to go to work. And she said to my sister, like, I've got to go to work, but I'm only going to be there for four hours. Like, you've got food here. Everything's safe. You're safe. Because it had been a, like, a, like a week and a half. And my sister was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. So my mum went to work, freaking out all day, but needed to pay bills. Couldn't rely on anybody from the NHS or the police because nobody was helping us. And then my mum got home and the windows were wide open and my mum's got two dogs and the windows were wide open and my sister was missing. So we had to call the police, file a missing persons report and say that she was vulnerable. And the police found her, they brought my sister back to me. So my sister stayed with me for a little bit and I had to look after her again, keep my eyes on her constantly. Um, mental health team didn't want anything to do with the situation. They were not interested 
Um, and then I'm trying to think where it's such a long situation that's happened. It's five years. So if I'm rambling, let me know. But, um, <laughs> but it got to the point where, um, she was completely delirious at this point. Nothing made sense. Her conversations didn't make sense. Um, she was fully, con- she said, to, I said to my sister, I said, do you know what, ha- like when you felt your brain shift? And she said, yeah, I was asleep. Um, when, you, when we were in A&E the first time, she was like, I went to sleep and, um, I felt something crawl up my body and she went and it crawled in my ear and it started screaming. And then I woke up and started screaming. And ever since then, that's when I known that something was in my brain. And this, she still tells the story the exact same way to this day like that that's what she remembers um so at this point the council gave her a flat to live by herself and I said to the council please don't give her a flat by herself like there's families out there that have got children that need a flat my sister needs to be in hospital like or in supported living yeah. like please don't do this round the care yeah round the clock care kind of thing somebody yeah. outside the she door needed something in thorough. case she tries to do anything but because yeah exactly. the mental health team didn't believe how poorly she was they were like no we'd give her a flat so she had a flat um and that's when she again got even worse because she became really lonely and nothing was going like she just wasn't living normally she was spending all of her money she had no food no nothing and you'd go and so what was that so how can that how can that be classed as attention seeking if she's not actually getting the attention that she's seeking it's that and that's my argument because she was locking you know she I mean? wasn't doing it for attention because she, she was either locking herself in her flat or she was on the street but didn't want people near her but she just wanted if a time bomb went off so she wasn't found like so she was found yeah. basically but she wasn't doing anything for attention because Bless her. Like, no, I don't think she was. To no. Be fair. I don't think, I think she was actually quite scared of the people around her. She was trying to obviously protect those. Yeah. She thought that she had something in her that was going to harm others. Yeah. She hasn't got, if she was an attention seeker, she would have made sure that she went to the doctor straight away. Yeah. She was shouting yeah. at them, I need help. But she wasn't. She went there, she says, I bumped my head yeah. as the first, the, the first incident. Yeah. If she was attention, she would have said, oh, aliens have got into my brain. Yeah. And they're telling me all this weird yeah. stuff. That's attention yeah. seeking. So, exactly, it's it's, it's oh. so bad. Um, so then at this point, she goes back into hospital. Um, after a few episodes have passed, we managed to get her into hospital, and she was seen by a doctor. In this was in St Mary's Hospital in Ketron. I hope you don't mind that I've said it, but I feel like I should have. I should say it. So she was in. No, I know where the hospital is. Actually. Yeah, I, I deliver just around just around the corner from there, Junction Seven on the A14. That's it. So she, so yeah, I know she was in. She's in. She was in St Mary's Hospital, and she had a doctor on a particular ward. And um, I said to the lady that on the phone, I want to make sure I'm invited to every single ward round. I want to know exactly what's going on. And the doctor was the worst doctor I think I have ever met in my entire life. I cannot even begin to explain. Um, I'd love to say his name, but I'm not going to because it's not fair. <laughs> but this doctor in particular, he was like, um, yeah, she's got personality disorder. And I said, no, you're going off previous notes. Can you diagnose her with the situation that you've got right now? Because this diagnosis was years ago. Opinion, yeah. yeah, this was years ago. So put that to the back of the, your shelf. And think of this as a new situation. Um, exactly, a fresh book. A fresh yeah, book, fresh exactly, because their illness has got worse, so this it can't just be that. And he was like, no, it's personality disorder. And I said, look, 
I want I want my sister sectioned. I've been, I she's never been sectioned. I want her sectioned. He was like, no, sorry, like there, there's not enough evidence. And I said, but I feel that she is a danger to herself and others. She's vulnerable. She's making choices that aren't wise. And he went, yeah, but they're her choices. If that's her choice, they're wrong choices, but we can't stop them. And I was like, but at what point can you say that this person hasn't got the capacity to make the right choices? Because I don't think she's got capacity. He was like, no, she's got capacity. She's fine. I was like, she's not. He was like, I'll keep her in hospital informally, but I'm not going to section her. So at this point, we've managed to like... um get like a social worker that the police had actually put in place because they were concerned at this point about her health and safety the social worker spoke to the doctor and said look we think she needs to be sectioned he was like no she's fine doesn't need to be sectioned so i was constantly every single ward round before ward round i was researching buzzwords like to get him get his attention to believe me um and it didn't work and i said to him i was like look you keep saying she's got a personality disorder, but how can you prove to me that this isn't a schizoaffective disorder? Because a schizoaffective disorder can show as a personality disorder, but a schizoaffective disorder is an, is, a, is a psychotic illness. And he went, "Yeah, you're right. Um, I can't really, I can't really prove it, so I'm willing to look into it." And I was like, "Okay, thank you." Like, and I said, "I want her on a medication called risperidone, which is an antipsychotic." He was like, um, we can have a look at that. And I said, well, you've only got her under presence at the moment. So I'd appreciate it if we could look at it. And he was like, yeah, we'll have a look. But at this point, she was going out all day. She wasn't staying in the hospital. So he wasn't able to fully assess how poorly she was because she wasn't in hospital. Um, and I said, if you was to section her, you would actually see how poorly she was because she'd be in hospital at all times. And I said, and how can you explain to me the delusions? And he said to me, the reason she's having delusions is because she's taking drugs. And I was like, no, she's not. And he went, yes, she is. She's taking drugs. And is there proof of that? Exactly. Did they do tests on that blood test? Did they show that? He was like, nope, she's taking drugs. And and I said, well, how can you prove it? And he went, went, well, when she goes out on leave, she comes back and she stinks of marijuana. And I said, I'm telling you now, she's not doing any drugs. And he went, yes, she is. And I said, okay, do a drug test. And he went, she's refusing them, which tells us she's doing drugs. And I was like, I don't no, think... You can't throw accusations like exactly. that. Exactly. And I said, I don't think that's the situation. And I said, all right, okay, I want a second opinion. I, went, I want you to get N-Step in, and I want you to get a second opinion from them, the psychosis team. And I want to speak to them before. And he went, okay, that's fine. Anyway, a week later, he went, right, I've had N-Step in. They agree. She's not in psychosis. She's got personality disorder. And I said, well, I wanted to speak to N-Step. And he went, I'm really sorry, Chantel, but N-Step don't take families... Um, opinion they don't listen it's about the situation at that time they only want to talk to the patient and see the patient so they're not going to listen to you and I was like are you actually joking me like please tell me this isn't real um and he was like sorry yeah personality disorder um we'll look at the schizoaffective disorder anyway because you've asked for that but that's what it is and he was like and also we are going to look at autism so because it could be that she might have autism so I was like okay that's fair enough I I appreciate that you're going to look into autism and that was on the Friday and then I called them on the Monday and I said I'm just checking how my sister is and can you imagine what they said they said we've discharged her she's not here they've discharged (laughs) her um she's in a taxi on the way home and I was like for goodness sake like this is like a repetitive cycle like you couldn't make it up at this point it's getting ridiculous so I was like, okay, fine, here we go again. 
And I said, can I speak to the doctor? And he went, they went, no, he's on holidays. He's off now for two weeks. And I said, what? They're like, yeah, he's off for two weeks. So when he told me on Friday that they're going to look at a schizoaffective disorder and change the medication, he knew that he was going to be off on Monday for the next two weeks. Do you know what I mean? But he didn't tell me. It's just, it's just lack of care, it's isn't complete... it? There's no thoughts in the yeah. world. Just That's the problem at the moment with the, with the narcissistic type as it, well. That's exactly you know, what he about is, me. narcissistic. It's all about me. It's all about me and my life. I don't care about the people I'm caring for. As long as I've got a big fat wage at the end of it, yeah. I couldn't go sleep at night, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, I don't agree with, with her being allowed to go out every day. Nope. I, I think that she needed to stay in there and at least be looked at. Um, secondly, you said that she's only been on antidepressants. Yeah. Well, if they know that she's like that, why not just make a change? Exactly. Just get her on the other pills to see if that if it helps. has any different reaction. Exactly. Yeah. And what happened... Because if the police keep bringing her back, yeah. you keep coming back with her, your mum's in bits, and you're getting nowhere with the hospitals, and surely, who's right? Is it the police and the family that are seeing her all the time, or is it an hospital yeah. that keep chucking her out every exactly. day? Exactly. They don't even know if she's got in a taxi No, or exactly. So at this point, you know, I was introduced because I wrote a complaint to pals, and they basically said to me... We've got no evidence of anything taking place, so therefore, um, that's it. We're closing the case. And I said, well, you should have evidence because it's your duty, of, it's the NHS's duty of care to log everything, phone calls, everything that's happened. You should log it. So if you haven't got any evidence, you're breaking your own rules and regulations. Well, it should be on a medical file as exactly. well. Exactly. do a big, massive report because I've got the phone app on mine. Exactly. And it tells me everything exactly. I've had since I was, you know, all, all, my, all my jabs as a kid. Yep. And every single appointment I've gone to, appointments that I've missed. So have, have you checked that yeah. for, for your sister? So, Does it show anything? So with that, there is evidence on there, but I've just had to take it to the ombudsman. So the complaints with the ombudsman, which is a whole different kettle of fish. So that's still going ahead right now. Um, so I've got that complaint going, but the PALS introduced me to Northamptonshire Carers, which is a support group, which have actually been a saviour to me, like, Northamptonshire carers if anybody listening is a carer and is in in around Northampton please like get introduced to it um because it's it's it saved it saved my life and my sister's life and they also introduced me to um carer's corner which was another thing that saved my life which if anybody's a carer and my sister's life you need to get involved so with Northamptonshire carers you get assigned to a support worker that supports you that's looking after somebody that's suffering so a lady spoke to me and she called me every Monday to ask how I am and would do and do what she could do to help so she would have attend professional meetings with my sisters nurses and a social worker and um, they had one with um, the police and with um, the hospital and the nurse had said that so basically when my sister's in hospital they didn't when they'd let her out all day they didn't take her phone number so they would ring me thinking that I was my sister and I would be at work and they'd leave me messages and say, oh, hi, you're supposed to be back at 5 p.m. It's now 10 p.m. We're really worried. Can you give us a call? And they were left leaving me all these messages. So when they discharged my sister, they said that she shows that she has the capacity because she was coming back on time. And that's what they said in the meeting that I wasn't in because it was a professional meeting. My support worker was there. And my support worker knows that that's not true. And she said, hang on a minute you've left Chantal voice messages saying that her sister's not back on time. So how can you say that she is coming back on time? And the nurse said, oh, sorry, I've actually been on holiday. I've not read the notes yet. But if my support worker wasn't there, 
Always an excuse. Exactly. But if my support worker wasn't there, then they would have been like, oh, yeah, you're right. She is showing capacity. She is coming back on time. But it wasn't true. There was one time that she was actually escorted back to the hospital by a police vehicle, like by police, because she was vulnerable and being seen spotted acting differently in the streets. But they just lied to show that she had the capacity to leave so they could get rid of her, basically. Anyway, so it sounds to me like this uh, carers' corner and the it, it, what do you say, Northampton, Northamptonshire carers and carers' corner. Carers. So it seems like they do a lot more for your sister and yourself and your mum and everyone than the actual hospital. Exactly, and they're now, do, they're both charity uh, what run. What are these places? So they are charity, charity run. run. So carers' corner. That's probably one of the main things that have helped me, to be honest. So carers' corner. Um, there's a doctor on there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say his name because he he deserves to be mentioned. His name is Dr. Krishna, and yeah. he is absolutely amazing. So he's a psychiatrist, and he heads the group, and it, and it, and they have somebody else called Sharon, who's absolutely amazing. Sharon Gibbard, she also heads the group. She's um a carer herself, so it's got experience as psychiatrist, and they also have a lady that looks after the crisis cafe, so she's there as well. And they sometimes bring ward staff from the hospitals too, and it's just care, it's just carers going on and talking about situations, and they giving their them giving their opinions on what they could do to help. Um, I tell you what, they sound amazing. Um. I would like their website after this show. Yeah, of course. Put it in the show notes. And if they take any donations, if any of the listeners do want to make a well, donation. Well, they go off to, of donations. So, so, yeah. They are amazing. If the listeners can. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. So, this, the psychiatrist, he, um, I went on there and I explained my situation and I was a bit tearful at this point because I was at my wit's end. And the doctor called me the next day and he went, he's like, I hope you don't mind me calling you, but... I cannot stop thinking about what you said. And he was like, I'm so sorry you're going through this. He's like, if there's anything I can do to help, like, please let me know. I'll, I'll keep checking your sister's notes if that's okay to make sure that if ever she was in a crisis, if there's anything I can do to help, I can, I'll do it. And that was about a year ago now. And, um, he was constantly in the loop. I was going to Carer's Corner once a month. It's every week, but I go once a month because so I can only do the evenings. So I'd go on and I'd talk, because the thing is, is when I talk about this stuff to my friends, I think at this point, they almost, like as caring as they are, I feel like you end up losing friends almost because they, they don't know what to say. And it's almost awkward. And I felt like all I was doing was talking about it because it was so big in my life. Um, so it was nice to go to Carer's Corner and be able to talk about it with other people that are doing the same thing as you. Um, it is, but you also do need your time as well with your friends that's away from that. No disrespect to our sister. Oh, yeah, true. When, when you are with friends, just literally put all that stuff to the back of your mind and let your hair down. Exactly. Because you know what you're doing inside is a good thing. But and that, I think that way you can balance it out. Yeah, and I wasn't balancing it. you don't want to end up with the same problem. Yeah. Yeah, you can burn the candle at both exactly. ends. Exactly. Then it affects you and your yeah. life, your work-life balance and, and exactly. stuff. And then you become anxious checking your phone. Or is have I got any missed calls from anybody yeah. uh, concerning my sister? Is, is everything all? Yeah, exactly. So just breathe. And the thing is... Just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is as well, like, Carer's Corner was a saviour because I was able to then... Um, balance it so I could go to Carer's Corner talk about everything that happened and then leave the rest of me for my friends and for Mark and my family and and not feel like everything was just congested in my brain um, but then so I had um, somebody had seen my sister 
um, taken into hospital a few months ago and she messaged me, she said, look, Chantal, your sister's here. Is there anything, if, is there anything but you need to contact to let them know? So I, um, I then spoke to a doctor and Dr. Christian and I said, look, please help me. Please help me. She's in hospital and I really need help. And he didn't respond because he was busy, I guess. And a few hours later, I had a phone call from the mental health team, a nurse from the mental health team. And she went, look, um, as you might be aware, your sister was um, taken into hospital. And the sad thing is the police took her there and the police didn't even contact me to tell me. It was just luckily that a friend had spotted her going in. Um, but the police. Are you, are you down as? I was going to say are you down as nearest the relative, next of not? king, and emergency contact, and as her I carer. Going, I was, yeah, I was going to say because sometimes when you're over the age of eighteen, you're classed yeah. as an adult, aren't you? And the, I don't think by law that, that they don't have, have to. to. No, 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 they don't. Don't quote me yeah. on that. I, they don't yeah. have to. But, but when yeah. somebody's having an an episode. You should say exactly. You, yeah, I get that. They should. Yeah. They should have contacted me. And they have done before, um, but the lady spoke to me. She said, "Look, she's in. She's in hospital." And I said, "I wasn't like I wasn't aware by police, but I do know." And she said, "We've done an assessment." And I was like, and I, I kind of interrupted her, and I was like, "Look, I know that you're going to say she's got a personality disorder, but please, can you take her into hospital because I think she's been diagnosed wrong. I think she's on the wrong medication. This has been five years now. Like, please help." And the lady was like, "Look." And I was like, Dr. Krishna, believe me, like, please, please speak to him. And she went, Dr. Krishna came to the assessment. He went, I've never known a doctor to drive from one end of the county to another county to assess somebody. And he's assessed her. And I was in the assessment and she went, your sister is really poorly. And I'm so sorry that nobody believed you. And I literally was like, oh, my God. And she went, we have decided to take her into hospital. We've actually sectioned her under Section 2 of the Mental Health Act. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna get her better, and it's gonna because of how poorly she's been for so long. This is gonna take a really long time. But at this point, I just I cried because I was like, if somebody believes me. All I wanted was for her to be sectioned, and there was also a court case as well against her because um, I a, poli- a police approached her months beforehand, and she'd kind of pushed them away because she was scared, and the police actually took her to court for it and tried to charge her for it. God so we sake. were also fighting a court case as well. Um, so it was, everything was all go. It's all coming out in different rambled because it's all congested in my brain. But um, Dr. Krishna has been doing assessments and um, he's assessing her thoroughly. And he said to me, he was like, Chantal, I'm absolutely seeing no signs of personality disorder in her. He was like, I'm really surprised that she's actually not on any antipsychotics because that's what she needs to be on. So, so just out of curiosity, hmm. then that that doctor, Chris, Doctor Krishna, Chris, Krishna, hmm. did he ever once say, or at least make a complaint against the Ketchum Hospital that so openly chucked her, her diagnosis under the carpet to say that you're all lying? She's a she's an attention seeking girl. No, rare, I think rare, that's rare. really on me to do it, which is what I am doing because that's another thing as well. So. Dr. Krishna knows about the fact that they kept saying that the reason she's having delusions is drugs. And one of the first things he did was a blood test and a urine test. And all of our results were completely clear. Absolutely no drugs in our system. Because he wanted to prove... Well, like, this like they all get... Yeah. I was going to say, let's hope that, that, that doctors and everything, they all take this yeah. and learn from this mistake. And this is exactly and, what he's saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Help others. And so he's that she's on the right medication now and she's doing... So so well like I feel like I've got my sister back her she look her eyes are normal again she's like got her 
glow to her again. I'm able to have conversations with her. Um, so we're still going through everything, but she's doing the best that she's ever been doing, which proves that what he is saying is correct. Um, and he's been brilliant. So he's looking at getting into her into supported living if he feels that she can't live on her own. To prove that she can live on her own, she's got to do like fundamental assessments, like cooking assessments, things like that to prove that she yeah. can do it. He's been extremely thorough. The whole ward have been really thorough. They're constantly taking notes about how she's been through the day, everything. They've been brilliant. They've completely, and it's all because of Carers Corner and Northamptonshire Carers that I've managed to get her help. Massive respect to those guys. Literally. Absolutely massive. What, what, what medication is she on now? So at the moment, she's actually on risperidone, which is what I requested at the beginning that they said so no to. So you've requested this. I haven't requested <laughs> it in this instance, but when I did request it and they said, no, she's basically, no, nah, we don't need it. We can discharge her. Whereas this doctor said to me, um, we're going to put her on risperidone. So she's on risperidone and she's also on wow. olanzapine. So she's on two antipsychotics. Um, uh, so she she gets quite sleepy in the evenings, but they're really they are really helping her. Um, if it's helping her, that's the main thing. Exactly, I'm just, and they're good. Know, they do regular ECGs yeah. to check her heart rate, making sure she's healthy still, making sure she's eating. They're doing everything that they could possibly be doing and more. Yeah. It just, it just makes me wonder about that that one doctor that went away for a two week holiday narcissistic thinks he knows it all and actually knows nothing nothing absolutely nothing. knows nothing exactly what was the point in paying that guy to work in our hospital care yeah if all he cares about is going away yeah and then leaving some poor girl to defend yep. for herself and with a family and exactly around her that feels helpless exactly so, he just yeah. left us well <laughs> and we've got the i've got the complaint with the ombudsman and it's funny because you'd think that if you've got somebody that's been sectioned so being sectioned means that they don't have capacity that as her next yeah. of kin, the nearest relative, that I should be able to complain on her behalf if she is unable to do so, but they're refusing course, me to yeah, complain. Of course, yeah, as long as she gives you... Well, then get then, her to, to, to make a writing, put it in writing with her but, signature. So she can she, now, she, she can do full... that now, but imagine having somebody with psychosis and telling them that they need to sign something. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a flaw yeah, in the yeah, system. The, the if somebody's <laughs> been sectioned, nearest relative should be able to complain on their behalf, because if that professional has deemed that person to not have the capacity then their nearest relative exactly, should be able exactly. to complain for them so i'm going to complain i've, I've wrote it all out i want to and i want to sue um the nhs because as well we found out that if my sister was treated what we had said it was in the first place then she wouldn't have been this poorly so because of the fact that they had treated her wrongly the medication had made her worse that they had given her and the lack of therapy and everything else that they had given her had made her worse. And also because they were said it's a personality disorder, the police, the ambulance services, NHS staff weren't treating her seriously because even when she'd take herself to A&E because she'd be in an episode, they'd just discharge her and say, no, you shouldn't need to be here. And they'd be rude to her because they'd be like, this person's just got personality disorder. And they just completely discharge her from everything. All because of that one the doctor. Is, I was going to say, the thing is as well, the amount of complaints to the NHS is overwhelming. If you, I mean, you go back to Nan, right? So Nan had diabetes, she lost both her legs, and her main carer, let's face it, was Pappy Ken, right? We had obviously, yeah. we had the other lady that would always come and help her clean herself, wash and cook and clean and whatnot, but mainly it was Pappy Ken that was there. Did you know, I don't know if you knew this, 
but he had Alzheimer's whilst he was caring and they didn't even oh, know. Oh, bless him. The caring NHS didn't even know that he had dementia, uh, you know, Alzheimer's, whatever. They didn't even know. They allowed our pap, who was, what, 20 years older than our nan, Aww. to look after nan in a wheelchair and take her around everywhere in this wheelchair. The poor That's bloke so didn't sad. even know what day it was. That's so, that, so sad. It fails so much. It fails so much. So you need to take this as far as you can for your sister's sake, for your sake, for your mother's sake. Yeah. But I, I can only honestly guarantee you that they are overwhelmed. I've done it. Yeah. My brother's done it, Andrew. He, he's, he's made a big complaint. He, he won a big, massive case over them. Yeah. They make mistakes. Some yeah. of them are great. We've got yeah. an auntie, you know, un- Uncle Jason's wife. She's she owns her own GP. Yeah, got her own doctor's surgery up in uh, Mablethorpe. Yeah, some of them are good, but some of them just don't care. They just don't, and it it's like when when people say, "Oh, just go private." Yeah, but in the NHS, there are private doctors that work for the NHS. They just move around where needed. Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slate the NHS off totally as a whole. Yeah, but well, in this when situation, it comes down to hearing stories like this, yeah, when I hear stories like this, it makes my blood boil because I'm like, "What are you doing?" You know, it almost goes back to that reception state when I've rang up and I've been told ATL to me then to ask, "Well, what does that mean?" Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm just a receptionist. Well, then why are you on the end of the phone telling me stuff you ain't even got a clue about? Yeah, go away. Yeah. Go and get a real job where you understand yeah. it. Again, go go Burger King, go McDonald's. Because yeah. when it comes to medical health, I need somebody who's professional, who knows what they're talking about, who's going to give yeah. me the answers that I need to settle me, you know. And when it took six months for, for me to get my CBT and, and all of that going on and my one-to-one basis therapy to, to help me with my depression, it took six months. So within that time, what was I doing? I was self-medicating by downloading journaling stuff, by watching YouTube. I was doing it all yeah. on my own. And a lot of it, you are on your own. But now yeah. I'm hoping me- mental health is now a massive thing. Everybody's talking about it. Not enough men are speaking about it. This is why I've made this podcast about yeah. you know men's mental health as well. But at the same time, hopefully now more money is going to go into it, and hopefully the government get a kick up the backside and say, you know what, that needs yeah. money because that is the backbone of Great Britain. Well, I think as well. I feel like. For me personally, if I could choose to opt out of paying towards the NHS and using the money to go private, I would rather do that. But we don't have a choice. We have to pay into it so we can use it. But I feel like if they was to say, if the government was to say, what would you say, sorry? No, no, no. What you've just said there is what I've said. So you know when you pay into a, a company pension? Yeah. Why can't we pay into a private yeah. medical same as in america when you've got your medical insurance yeah, yeah right, i don't so want to pay for both i don't want to have to pay wages. for yeah well, well none of us ever want to pay but no unfortunately you have to pay for things because how else will it get manufactured who's going to pay True. the workers manufacturing those pills and tablets who's going to then pay for the research like me i'm sat here right now shani wearing a prostate cancer cycle shirt <laughs> i've been out for a cycle i'm trying to i'm trying to raise money for cancer yeah but but I, I do get that, and I'm I'm all up for look. Let me pay out of my money, yeah. out of my wages, uh, 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 say five percent, one to five percent of my wages goes into Bupa or into North, Northfield Health, 
uh, and other various private sectors and then it saves up and every month it saves and saves and saves and then say i have a major accident in my truck and i need i don't know an amputation right jay that's going to cost you eight grand how much have you got in your medical insurance I've, i've got eight grand there mate yeah because i'd rather go private than yeah. to a general hospital at the moment because they're overwhelmed they're understaffed yeah the majority of the time they don't care they don't they don't show yeah, like, like don't. Me, i don't take my kids to a gp anymore i do not take my no. kids to a gp my my youngest daughter six months old i knew that there was something wrong with her because her character had changed at six months old you can tell these little things with babies took yeah. her out to the gp and i says there's something wrong with my daughter i need you to no, it's just viral. And honest to God, right, that's all I ever heard throughout my days taking my kids to a GP. It's viral. Okay, so I took her back that night, Shanna. No word of a lie, she stopped breathing. I rang the ambulance up, they grabbed her, suspected meningitis. How the oh, fuck is that no. viral? For God's so sake. So I don't take my children <laughs> to GPs anymore. For me, I've I've actually sat in a GPs on about something. They've, they've literally, in front of me, brought up Google and was self-diagnosing to see what was wrong with me. I said, mate, I could have done that at home. Yeah, exactly. Straight it's up. That was enough. a GP looking on it, and it was crap. I was like, mate, I'm going. And I, I actually left the doctor, sat in the chair, and I went, ah, fuck that, mate. So now I go straight to the Royal. That's what I do with my yeah. kids, with myself. We go straight to the Royal. We don't go GPs, because if you do try and go GPs, you ring up, sorry, you're all booked up. Yeah. You're all booked up. You've only just opened. Yeah. Can I book one for tomorrow? <laughs> no, you can't. Ring back tomorrow yeah. at 8 o'clock. Then it, before you know it, four weeks have gone. You've got better, but with no yeah. help. So it's like, I've paid all this money into the NHS. I can't even Can use I have some of it back then? Yeah. You, or even if they say, or even if they floor. say like, right, you can either pay this much money towards like NHS or whatnot, or you can pay like extra and you can go private with it because then at least people can still use the NHS, but you also have the option to not have to pay for NHS and private. You, do you know what I mean? You could be able to pick one or the other. So you can pay less and use the NHS or you can pay a little bit more and you can go private because most NHS doctors do private as well because they're not earning enough yeah, money they do, yeah. to just do yeah, NHS. That's what they do. But I don't want to pay for yeah. both. Like, But the thing is as well, it's a difficult one because I don't mind paying for the NHS because then it means people like my sister who can't work can use it. Like I want somebody like my sister to be able to use it. But at the same time, the government are taking the money and they're underfunding the NHS because they do want to privatise exactly. it. And they and they make a problem between the government and the NHS. Yeah, it's like it's, a, a two-way battle going on. Exactly, and more needs to be done because the mental health is even worse now because of COVID, and that's the biggest thing. Is like people's mental health are really bad, and it's like the homeless people on the street. Like they're not like. Do you know what the thing is? Is people look at somebody that's like they say homeless person, right? But. They, th- yeah. these people they they might have a home but they might not have any food or any water or or anything or they might be really lonely because they're suffering with mental health and therefore they're taking drugs or drinking because they can't that's the only way they can manage their mental health but they're being left because of the mental health system and then you have somebody in there yeah. like that person's not even homeless i've seen them go into their house it's like well you're you've not actually said to that person you're homeless you're assuming they are because they're begging but yeah. They're begging because they're oh. probably self-medicating. Yeah, let me f- let me flip that. Go on. Do you know how many churches there are in the UK? No. <laughs> last time, last time I looked, it was around three hundred thousand. Now, each of those wow. three hundred thousand churches are what at night? No idea. Empty. Yeah, why so not why let them sleep there? People living on the street. Yeah, here's an even better one. 
taxpayers we pay to have criminals put into a prison, free meals a day, I know. exercise yard, the works. Why are they allowed, why are we paying for that when we could be paying the homeless people to go in there to have your free meals a day? Send the guys that are in the prison into the armies. Yeah. Go, go and do something. You like to work people, but go and do it. Go and, work for, go, go and fight yeah. for your country. Exactly. It's a joke. And they wonder why you know. people do crime. It's like if I was homeless, I'd do a crime to go to prison. If it's of me, you will. If of I'm warmer, if I get fed. like. But I am... Um, yep. I went to go to Sainsbury's the other day on my lunch and I saw a guy and he was sat outside, bless him, and he stopped me and he went, could you get me some lunch? And I was like, yeah, of course, like, what would you like? And he was like, oh, can you get me fish and chips? And I was like, I haven't got time to get you fish and chips, but I can go to Sainsbury's. And he was like, oh, I'll have a Fanta <laughs> fruit twist and some crisps. So I got him it and I went and sat with him and I, and I was asking him, like, where he'd come from because I'd never seen him before. And he was like, oh, I normally come out at night time where it's a bit quieter, but I'm really hungry, so I thought I'd come out now. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I asked where his family were. And he said, oh, we've, we've fell out. They live in London. I'm, I'm here. And I was like, I hope you don't mind me asking, but do you have like a mental health condition? And he said, yeah, I'm schizophrenic. And I was like, so why are you not in hospital? And he said, I was there last year for eight weeks, but they discharged me. And I was like, what? So this person <laughs> has got a mental health issue. And, he's, and the thing is as well, I don't know if you know this, but if you've been sectioned under Section 3 of the Mental Health Act, when they discharge you, they automatically put you on a section 117. And that basically means that the council and the government have a duty of care to you to make sure that you've always got a home, you've always got food, and you've always got everything that you basically need to survive. But that this person's not getting yeah. it. And he probably doesn't know that he's due that either. And they're going to find a way not well, to give him it. not told him. Exactly. But you wouldn't well, know. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You're a lot like me, Shanna. There was, I had a similar situation when I was about 16. There was a homeless guy outside HMV. Mm. And I remember it because I was buying the latest Usher album. <laughs> and I saw this guy and it was raining. And I just, I said to my mate, I said, give me two secs. And I went into a shop, bought an anorak, like his coat thing. Mm. And um, um, some food. And I gave it to him because he had this little doggy, little Staffordshire Bull Terry. I'll always forget, I'll never forget him. And I gave Aww. him this coat and he was like, he just, well, he had tears in his eyes and my mates were like, Jermaine, so soft. I went, no, nah, mate, I said, it's raining. It's not fair. Seeing him on the street and there's idiots in prison oh, it, with a goodness. warm bed. Yeah. I don't understand it, mate. I don't so get I don't it. Understand. I said, how do we know? How do we know that guy's story that's sitting on the street there? How do we know he's not an ex-army exactly. soldier? That's just been chucked away because of, I don't know, he's perhaps been discharged due to medical. I said, and the poor bloke sat there with his dog. And, uh, you know, a lot of my friends would say, yeah, but he had a dog, though. How can you afford to feed his dog if you ain't got a man? I'm like, mate, have some compassion. A dog's a man's best friend. Yeah. They're going to... They, because, you know, having a pet, just having a pet is really good for your mental health. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Just having a pet it just really is good for your mental health. And I urge anybody to get a pet, but don't just buy it to then neglect it because that's that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. yeah actually love it. Like, our pet is not a pet. Our pet is just another child. Oh, yeah. It's like family, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's, it's a shame, isn't so it? So she's all good now. She's doing well. She's doing better. She's on the road to recovery. But I think as well, it's just no, making sorted. sure anybody that is a carer knows what they can access to get them support to. Yeah, well, hopefully this, like I say, with this podcast, I'm hopefully helping a lot of people. Yeah, you are. Even if you only help one person with it. 
for just one person live a better life and understand what's out there for yeah. them. Um, to any to any of the listeners out there, may you know if you get upset about the way what we've just been saying about the NHS and the services that they provide and sometimes don't provide, then it's our opinion. It's an honest opinion. We're allowed our opinion on what things we've all. Me and my family have had bad experiences with NHS in the past. Morgan Lux said my daughter was wrongly diagnosed. She, it was suspected meningitis, not viral. We've got our sister that was wrongly diagnosed with personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's psychosis. Yeah. There was my grandma that was diabetic, was going through kidney dialysis, but her main care was my granddad who had dementia at the time. Yeah. So you can understand why we're upset. You can understand why I didn't clap. Um, I was a truck driver out every day. I didn't lose work over COVID. I had to work because I had to deliver food. Yeah. So I was classed as a as a key worker, I suppose yeah. it was, and was having kids waving at us on the bridges, on the motorways, and I was hooting my horn. So I thought, yeah, fair play, mate. You know what I mean? And it kept us going. It kept all of us truck drivers going throughout. But now it's all over. The truck drivers are now once again being swore at through windows. Oh, and it's the, typical, the, isn't it? Scum of the earth. It is. We're, we're the scum of the earth again. And I'm like, look, I'm not being funny around. If you don't want us coming down your street, tell your neighbours not to yeah. order anything. Then we won't come. <laughs> Do you really think? If you think that me wants to come down your tiny ass little village in my forty-four ton truck, yeah, then you've got another thing coming. Yeah, I'd much rather go to a motorway where it's wide. Oh yeah, I do not want to come down your little narrow streets and block up your street. You know your area. If anything, get off your phones whilst you're driving. (laughs) That's the main thing. Exactly. Do you know what else I think would be good as well is all those hospitals they built for COVID that they didn't use. Why not have those as mental health like hospitals for a bit? Where they're they're saying, oh, we've got no beds. Well, use those places that you've made to support for all those people with mental health issues to get them better. I think what it is, it's staffing issues. Oh, yeah, of course. What I've been listening to on talk TV is majority of them all want to go on strike. They're not being paid enough. They need more people in the industry because a lot of people aren't going into the yeah. industry. Since COVID, I know that there's been a spike. I've got quite a few friends that are at the moment training in the NHS and to help with caring. Yeah. I've even looked into it. Since doing this podcast, I'm looking into doing a um, mental health counselling uh, yeah. degree, if you like. So I, Because maybe I can turn this into a job and do yeah. this full-time p- professionally with the credentials behind me rather than me just speaking from my well, experience. Well, Jermaine, sorry to butt in, but they've actually introduced a new thing where because they think that with psychiatrists and stuff, it's not that they have the experience, but they have the knowledge by studying it. So they're actually wanting to yeah. get people that are carers or people that have been through a mental health crisis to become peer workers. So what that means is from experience, you can actually work in for the NHS or for whoever and help people that way, still get paid for it and whatnot, but through your experience. So that's a new thing that they've recently introduced. So it's called peer working. Ooh. I'm going to check that out as soon as I finish. Hopefully, if someone if someone's listening to this from that group yeah. as well, <laughs> give me a shout. And, uh... Yeah. Because they we'll really, they really need peer workers more than anything right now. So anybody who wants to be involved, just Google peer working for mental health or whatever it is you want to go down. Yeah, now I'm going to look at that as soon as we finish this, which I think we're about to wrap <laughs> this up now because we're on the about the two hour mark now. But it's been absolutely fantastic having my sister on. 
Thank I've you for it. nice chatting to you. I'm sorry for rambling. <laughs> honestly, honestly, do not worry about it. It's a lot it to speak about. Five years in two hours is like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> no, on, honestly, if, if obviously your sister, if she does ever want to come on, she's more than welcome to chat to me on here and tell her experience because, you know, like we say on this on this podcast is if we keep silent, we're not going to help anybody suffering no, in silence, so to speak. So it's always good to talk. It's always good to get it out. And like I say, it's for me, this is therapy. I'm, I've never been happier since starting this podcast. My mood's right yeah. up there because I'm getting stuff off my own chest yeah. as well. So it's like self-medicating myself because I'm off all the tablets. I've been off the tablets now for just over a year. Oh, amazing. Was, the last tablets I was on was fluoxetamines, which is Prozac. Fluoxetamines. I was on them for about, yeah, yeah I was on them, um, the highest dosage. I was on the highest dosage on sertraline, which was 150 meg. And the side effects weren't oh, great, no. if you're a man, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> got you. <laughs> they say that, don't they, with those uh, like SR, SR, SSR, SRIs? Yeah, SRIs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my <good>. gosh. <laughs> yeah, stay off from them. Yeah, not that you need to know that because you're my half-sister. <laughs> <so. laughs> I'll suppress the memory, don't worry. <laughs> good girl. <laughs> right, guys, I'm going to call it for this week. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please do leave your reviews um, or, or any notes. Also, hit me up on the Facebook page, My Life, My Journey podcast. And remember, just stay safe out there, guys. If there's any help that you need, please do ask for it. Hopefully, you get the help that you ask for. If you don't go down the same route as, as my sister is, going down for the ombudsman and getting a complaint in place. Mm-hmm. But other than that, stay safe and we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, Thank for tuning you. in. <laughs>